Welcome to Insight Out, a podcast from Ipsos UU that explores emerging trends, budding innovations, fresh thoughts, and creative ways to get closer to real people in real life. Each episode features thought-provoking conversations showcasing industry-leading thinking from the Ipsos Global Network of Insight Specialists. I'm April Jeffries, and I'm your host of today's episode of Insight Out. Today, we're going to be talking to Jim Legg, who is the Global Head of Operations here at Ipsos UU. Jim and I are going to be talking about the challenges and opportunities of finding and talking to that person that you most need to connect with, who can sometimes be somewhat elusive, the person that Jim refers to as the purple unicorn. Welcome, Jim. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So the purple unicorn, what in the world are we talking about? It's always fun to uh, hear from the client service teams, uh, you know, on the, on the operations side, because uh, we, we sometimes hear, you know, hey, I'm looking for, uh, I don't know, a financial advisor who lives in Canada who makes, you know, a certain amount of money and, and uh, I don't know, participates in this platform once every two weeks, mm-hmm. right? And, and the, the specs tend to get really granular. Is, uh, you know, we call those the purple unicorns. Got it. Got it. And, and, we, and we, we, you know, we don't just leave it at finding the unicorn. We, we, we add a color onto it. Yeah. Right. Not just the, the unicorn with the horn. Exactly. It's got to be purple. It's got to be purple. <laughs> got it. Got it. I totally understand. So, so what's the, what's changed? Has anything changed? I mean, it seems like this is a, a new challenge. Is something going on that's causing this to even be more difficult or even more needed than before? You know, I, I, you know, I've, I've been in this space for quite some time and um, there's been always the need for uh, very niched targets, moms with babies, healthcare, um, some of the B2B, but we're, we're seeing every single year uh, an increase in, in more granular sample requests. Um, and I, I do believe that there's something that's driving that on the, I think that there's a movement towards micro-targeting more and more as as the as what is programmatic ad buying as that evolves our clients are are able to target much more uh granularly um in 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 how they're buying media mm-hmm. uh, which then has an effect on what they want to know about those micro targets well it's interesting you say that because you know i've been doing a lot of work on empathy and um you know we do ethnography where we're really trying to get at you know, people and who they are and the things that are happening around them. And so finding that right person to talk to is often a challenge. I mean, it's, it, it, there's an intersection of a few things, right? It's someone who can articulate in a good way and someone who's, you know, actually doing the things that you want them to be doing when you're there with them. So there's, there's a lot that kind of goes into finding these people, although the the ultimate intent is really just to talk to the right people, right? Yeah, yeah, and and you know it, you have to layer on the fact of of people that want to lean in and, and participate in research. So it's it's not only your target audience, but a very small subset, someone that will be expressive, 
that will that wants to lean in and actually participate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's back up for a minute. I really because <laughs> you and I know each other from our, our meetings together. And, and it's always you always fascinate me because you've got such an interesting background. You came from the, the agency side. Is that right? Yeah, I, I've spent about half my career on the ad agency side. And I, because I lived um, overseas for a big part of my adult life um, on the client side, I went straight into uh, the multicultural agency side. So um, definitely, I wouldn't call it a micro target, but definitely a more niche targeting. And in the agency side, I, I was, I kind of was between the, the operations world and the client service side of, of, of the agency side. So, yeah. It's interesting because it gives you a, a very unique perspective because what comes out of your mouth a lot of times is all this very operational stuff, right? That's, that's very <laughs> programmatic and, and all the language around it. But what comes out of your heart is usually very creative and very um, you know, tied into the underlying feeling of things. So it's, it's, an, it's an interesting combination of, of skills that you have and that you bring to this. So this idea of finding the right kind of person and the right kind of people that can really give you the, the background and information and the insights that you need is something that I feel you can uniquely kind of provide. No, thanks. I, I try. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. So, so let's, let's go back. So then this whole notion of micro targeting, it yeah. seems like, I mean, when, you know, back in the day, we used to kind of go out and do some TV advertising and drop some FSIs and do some trade deals. And that was your marketing plan. Then the, the digital world totally disrupted that model. Right. And, and we had to find new ways of reaching people. Right. Today, things are very different, right? Things have shifted quite a bit in terms of how oh, we even try absolutely. to talk to people. Absolutely. I mean, like, I, if you think back a decade ago, when, when to your point, your FSIs and your, your TV, your radio out of, out of home, et cetera, you know, you, 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 you were spending mostly on traditional media and, and slowly but surely digital media became the majority. Um, and there was all the naysayers. It's never, they're never going to stop you know, spinning on print or traditional radio, it, it has evolved. Well, the same thing is happening now, um, again, but inside of that digital space. Most are predicting that by, by the end of 2020, 80% or more of digital media is going to be purchased through DSPs. They're called dem demand-side platforms. It's where you can programmatically buy media. Um, where, where clients and their media agencies are becoming more and more savvy and, and they're able to go into these platforms and define very, very niched targets. You know, the more, the, the more time that goes on, we're going to see clients become more and more sophisticated with, with micro-targeting. And they're going to look at what are the small uh, four, five, six, whatever um, number of, of, of micro-targets that can actually move their business you know, faster? Where, where do they see an opportunity to, to outperform their competitors with, you know, a, a, a couple of these micro targets? Mm -hmm. um, and, and we're definitely going to see this grow even more as ad buying platforms become more, more and more sophisticated. Got it. So, so clients are now in order to reach the people that they, that'll give them the biggest boost in their business, they are 
doing this micro-targeting where they can really get down to specifics as, as to who it is they're talking to and, and making sure it's the right kind of person. Is there um, a risk to that? I mean, is there anything that we're leaving out when we go that micro-targeting? Yeah, I, th- I think that um, the client should start to be able to, to tie in ways to track their, their spend, right? The, the ROI on their spend. Um, they're also going to need to better understand the why. Right. What's what's driving um, what will drive the changes with those those micro targets. And I I think that, uh, you know, this this whole idea of purple unicorns demand is going to grow on the research side, you know, to to be able to find those people um, effectively find the right people to our point of of those that want to lean in is is a risk. It's, It's going to continue to be more and more difficult to find those people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you how do you do that? So now you've got this need, right, to go deep into fewer people that get you exactly what you want. How do you marry that with finding them? Which is more on our side, right? Yeah. And and we're seeing a response. The response is called programmatic sample, the, the programmatic sample platforms that are evolving. There's a lot of them that have have come up in the last couple, two, three years. Um, so what, what, wait, what does that mean exactly? Programmatic sure. sample. Yeah, that's good. So just kind of like the ad buying side where, where the clients can go in and they can specify very specific. I want to reach, you know, 55 to 65 year old males that watch TV on Tuesdays or whatever the, the specs are. These, the, the ad buying programmatic platforms called DSPs, those specs can be very granular. On the research side, what, what's happened to these platforms that are kind of evolving right now, uh, a researcher can go in and define those specs too. So what the platform does is they require all of the sample suppliers to align on as many profiling um, specifications as possible, like thousands and thousands of, of different profiling specifications so that when you go into the platform, you can say, I want to find those 55 to 65-year-old males that, you know, watch these programs, et cetera. So you're able to go into the platform and look for similar people, right? Mm-hmm, um, and, mm-hmm. and, and basically, when you, when you go in and you press the button to start the flow of sample, it sends out the invitations to all of those people that would qualify, that are consistent with the targeting specs. That way, we're able to hopefully find those purple unicorns, right? This technology is, it's definitely evolving, but I still, it still has a ways to go, but it's definitely going in the right direction to be able to meet the need on the client side. So, so this is a crazy question, but, but does, does GPS play into this? Like, does that help you to see where they are and what they're doing at certain points? That's a great question. There are some of these programmatic sample supplier uh, platforms that are, that are moving in that direction, I, I, I think that you're going to see some rudimentary geo-tracking and, and trigger-based invitations into research. They're still, I think, relatively new to that feature, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's going to come. It's going to come. Gotcha. So it's, it, there's a lot that has to do with just a whole lot of exactly. data, right, that you have now found a way to, okay, gotcha. Yep, that sounds like a lot of the the need that we have out there now with all the information that's out there. So I I think I understand then sort of the the challenge and then what we are what we need to do in order to be able to meet that challenge. Um, how how do you actually 
get past it? Is there something that we're doing specifically that helps us sort of tap into that? Yeah, I, I think um, we are moving more and more towards uh, using programmatic sample suppliers. And I, I don't want to get ahead of, ahead of my skis on this. Um, there's uh, the U.S. team, um, uh, more on the online community side, that are sponsoring a, a, a disruptive research on research, in my opinion, on how we improve the quality of respondents that we get through programmatic sample suppliers. So to, I guess to answer the question, how do, what do we need to do to, to I guess, succeed in, inside the spaces? We need to continually be pushing those programmatic sample supplier platforms, um, uh, pushing them in the, in the direction of better quality, um, more expressive respondents, more the right respondents, the improving their profile inspects, et cetera. So we're yeah. really working hard on delivering that to, to our clients, obviously. Um, but there's some exciting news that we're working on that it's going to come out in the next uh, couple months that uh, just uh, stay tuned uh, for this, okay. uh, this stuff. So, so one more question. So it sounds like this might be more appropriate for quantitative research than it is for, for qualitative. Is that true? You're right. Right now, it is, because most of the sample that comes through programmatic samples platforms are transactional. They're, they, they, they belong to a panel. They're looking for points or rewards. They're, they belong to a rewards platform where you're, you know, they're interested in getting whatever reward. They, or the, 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 the person is, do, they're online, they're playing a digital you know, on, online game. Um, and they've run out of their virtual currency for that game, so they accept to take a, a survey in order to get more, more uh, of their whatever their virtual currency for that game. So they they move into a research event, do the research event. They then they want to get back to the game. So mm -hmm. right now, the the these platforms tend to be better suited for quantitative, um, but. You know, it's the future. So we in the qualitative world need to lean into this space too, and need to be pushing them. You know, pushing the platforms along the way to better, higher quality. You know, qualitative sample. So we did a, a podcast last month on finding the intrinsic motivation when they they right? So what you just described to me was the opposite of that, right? Someone comes in because they want to get a currency of some kind, and then they go back out. Are there ways to include this intrinsic motivation in how you get people to participate now? Yeah. So we, we're trying to disrupt the space by adding in predictive attributes of those that are, that have a higher likelihood of being um, intrinsically motivated by, by, by participating in research, as well as those that have shown that they're more expressive inside of the screener, so that they are, they are more likely to be expressive mm -hmm. inside the research. So I, 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 mm -hmm. this, this sounds like a really crude analogy, but I mean, think of it as da online dating. Um, in an online dating app, you're, the, 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 the people are gonna put in, in inside of their, their profile, what they're looking for, right? Um, mm -hmm. We don't do that very well inside the research world. We don't say to to people, "Hey, you you need to be more like this in order to participate," or or you need to at least you need to answer some questions the right way for you to mm -hmm. be able to participate 
and actually start a relationship with us because we really want to have a relationship with you. But if you're not, if you're not going to be uh, an individual that wants to participate, that wants to lean in, that will be more likely to be motivated intrinsically, then it might not be a good match. Right. 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 That is a perfect analogy, I think. So you're right. So I go on if I'm not that I've done a lot of online <laughs> yeah. dating, but when I go on to an app like that, I have a certain kind of person that I want to be talking to. And I, I want to make sure that the people that I see are that, right, can fit that kind of description. So it's, it's similar to that. Are we using some kind of the technology that they use in the online dating platforms? Is it the same thing? We're kind of embedding it into the pre-screener, what, we're, what, we're, what I was talking about earlier. We are, we are embedding it into the pre-screener in, in a way that doesn't necessarily ask you the, 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 to make sure we're aligned, but asks you certain questions that will highlight specific attributes. If, if your answers align with the attributes that we, we have proven to, be, uh, to tend to, to lead to a higher quality respondent, then, then mm-hmm. we invite you in. So, so it's it. basically we're swiping, you know, what is it, right? <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when, you, when you've answered correctly and, or you've answered to, to, to align with the attributes that we're looking for. And is there a smart learning that goes along with that? Like, do we get better Absolutely. with time at what the Absolutely. right questions we, are? It's always an A-B, A-B testing and always pushing ourselves to, to improve that even further. So, so Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jim, this has been absolutely fascinating. I really appreciate you taking the time to fill us in on this. And I'm really excited to see where you land, because it sounds like we're, um, we're on the verge of some pretty important stuff. I think so, too. And, and you know, I, I, I think that um, uh, I, I tell the, the, the teams that I work with that are, that are feeling sample to try their hardest to never say no right, to always look for the purple unicorns. Um, and I, I know that um, uh, with the right technology, and if we keep pushing that technology to the next level, uh, um, it will allow us to find those purple unicorns. So I, I, I look forward to, 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 to continuing to hunt for them. And who knows, he may be your next husband or wife or significant <laughs> other, <never> right? <laughs> Well, thank you everyone for tuning into this month's edition of Insight Out. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Jim Legg, the head of operations here at Ipsos UU. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting app to ensure that you'll get all of our latest episodes delivered directly to you. We'll see you next time.